BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to have with us on Make It Plain today as schools are beginning to reopen. Some have already reopened. And we've been seeing him a great deal in the news media lately, we'll we'll talk about that. But he has been giving all the guidance that is necessary to school reopenings as we continue to navigate through this pandemic. He is the 12th Secretary of Education, and we're happy to have him again here on Make It Plain. Uh, please welcome Secretary Miguel, Dr. Miguel Cardona. Dr. Cardona, thank you, Mr. Secretary. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here with you. It's a pleasure to be here. So you have been pretty consistent um, uh, when it comes to masks and precautions that need to be taken during school reopenings, correct? Yes. Uh, you know, the message has been clear. I had the opportunity last year to experience school reopening and, and lead those efforts without vaccinations available, without the frequency of testing that's available. And with very little science guiding the process, uh, the pandemic was new. Um, so I'm confident that if we follow those mitigation strategies that we know work and we vaccinate our community 12 and up as soon as possible, when we um, go in there listening to the health experts, I think our children can go into school and learn in person where we know they learn best. Well, and as I mentioned, you've been in the media a lot lately around this, but the attention has somewhat been as a result of a couple of governors who are outspokenly resisting your suggestions. Confidence doesn't mean competence. And when it comes to, you know, making sure our children are safe, I'm 100% of the time is going to lean on the health experts and those who know how the, the epidemiology 
of the pandemic. Those are the folks that I've been leaning on as commissioner of education in Connecticut when reopening schools. Their guidance is what I lean on as a father when I'm making decisions around whether or not my children will be in person, which they were last year. And those are the folks that I'm going to be leaning on when we're talking about a national strategy for reopening schools amidst this Delta variant. And of course, we're talking about primarily the governors in Florida and Texas. But overall, in terms of other states, other jurisdictions, are you finding that a majority of school systems do support young people wearing masks and going back to school? Of course, they do. The overwhelming majority of education leaders are not having their hands tied behind their back. The overwhelming majority of school leaders are working in close collaboration with the health experts in their local community and in their state to make sure that the decisions that they're making about school reopening are first grounded in safety. The back to school, return to school roadmap that we put out there has three major principles, right? Reopening safely, ensuring that the students have a strong social and emotional support system when they get back to school. And then thirdly, the academic recovery that we know is critically important. But superintendents across the country are focusing on first a safe reopening. And with the American Rescue Plan funds that were made available to them, I've seen amazing strategies for students to be able to come in with confidence and families to feel confident that their schools are doing everything possible to keep their children safe while also monitoring this Delta variant that, unfortunately, in places especially where they're not using mitigation strategies in the community, we're seeing massive spread. Talk to us, if you would, about what are some of the suggestions the department is making or what are some of the best practices when it comes, because that is important, the social and emotional well-being of students. Sure. So, uh, again, with the American Rescue Plan that uh, the president pushed forward and Congress passed, funds are there for additional school social workers additional school counselors. We know our students were impacted by the pandemic. And we know that in our black and brown communities, the impact was felt greater. The mortality rate was higher. The severity of of infection and, and, and COVID was more significant. So we have to make sure that our schools are welcoming environments where our students can come in. And if they're upset or if they're just starting to reel back from the experience that they had for the last year and a half, there are people there that can listen, that can support them and help them be successful with their learning. So the funds are there. Schools are using their funds to do that, but also to to communicate with families differently. We can't go back to the the way we've engaged with families. We have to do better. We have to make sure families feel comfortable that their children are safe and that we're doing everything in our power to make sure their children are safe and learning and embraced in, in the school environment that they attend. No, of course, it is very important. More MIP after this message. You have also very boldly said to the governors of Texas and Florida, uh, Mr. Secretary, that they should not want to be the reasons for schools closing again. Do you have any sense of what level of danger we're in? I mean, we are obviously dealing with this Delta variant. Are there very, very real concerns that this thing could get worse and we might be looking at schools closing? If poor policy gets in the way of education leaders and health officials doing what they know is right, yes. My message is very clear. Don't be the reason why schools are interrupted again. Don't be the reason why students are not able to access their extracurricular activity, the sports. Don't be the reason why the seasons are canceled, right? And, and I'm not, it's not just about in the school. Schools close when community spread is high. Because if your community spread is high, 
We have teachers in that community. We have students in that community. We have parents in that community. And the children are going into the schoolhouse. So it's not necessarily that it's spreading within the school. But if your community spread is high, which it is very high in Florida, there's a greater likelihood that it's going to impact the functions of a community, which schools are a big part of. So that's my message to them. And we're seeing it. You're seeing it in the hospitalizations. The fact that we have nurses talking about ICUs being filled up, that was last year's problem. We shouldn't be doing. So it's, it's to me, it's as much COVID spread as it is poor policy. And we're seeing it. And unfortunately, I do believe if it continues in this, in this direction, we will see disruption to learning. Yeah, that's a good point. And lastly, you did mention academic recovery. What are some of the best practices or guidelines you're suggesting to jurisdictions about how to address that? You know, first and foremost, our students should be expecting a school year like no other. Last year was the toughest school year. This should be the most important and best for these students who are going to be re-engaging with their friends, connecting with their teachers after, in many cases, over a year's absence in the classroom. So we're excited about that. And what they should expect are uh, additional staff that, uh, so the ratios should be better. You know, class sizes should be reasonable, really. I mean, the funds are there now. Between the CARES funds from last year, the American Rescue Plan, we really need to make sure we're doubling down on resources for students. Students should have devices. They should have access to good broadband. We should learn from our, uh, our mistakes last year, not mistakes, but of our inequities last year, right? The funds are there now to level the playing field. There's no reason why a student in 2021 doesn't have a, a laptop, a, a, a Wi-Fi access, and quality curriculum that can raise the bar and give them a chance to thrive in, in their, not only their school career for the rest of their lives, I'm excited about the school year. I know our educators have been waiting um, and our school environment should be embracing places where families feel comfortable, students feel comfortable, and they're pushed to their highest potential. More MIP after this message. I know I said last, just one more question. Is there any conversation about schools also, some also serving as vaccination locations? One of the things that we're doing with the uh, week of action that the president called is hosting pop-up sites throughout the country. I was fortunate uh, Monday to visit a pop-up site in Kansas with the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, and uh, we saw a high school, you know, leading the pack in that community. We saw high schoolers leading the charge in that community, and we're asking across the country, all schools to consider being a vaccination site. Parents trust their school principal. They trust their school teachers. So let's get our vaccination sites set up in our gymnasiums. Let's get our school nurses involved, our, our community elders involved in the process. And together, we're going to get through this. Ladies and gentlemen, 12th Secretary of Education, Dr. Miguel Cardona. Dr. Cardona, Ms. Secretary, thank you for joining. I'll My pleasure. Train, okay. Appreciate all My your pleasure. hard work. All right. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, all roads lead to Washington, D.C. this August 28th. We invite you to join us at the Lincoln Memorial, the site of the Great March on Washington in 1963. As we make some good trouble, we'll be having a Make Good Trouble rally with a number of organizations, and we're going to be dealing with the issues that affect us all. Voting rights, D.C. statehood, ending the filibuster, H.R. 40 and reparations, raising the minimum wage, canceling student debt, reimagining public safety and policing, ending mass incarceration, ending gun violence, and funding peace and nonviolence efforts, reforming immigration and creating a pathway to citizenship for all undocumented people, resisting racism, the war against women, the ongoing war against women, and all of the other phobias that we're facing in our society. And of course, 
We want to address reversing climate change and building a green economy. We'll be dealing with all of those issues at the Lincoln Memorial, August 28th in Washington, D.C. Please, we hope you can join us to make some good trouble. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.